It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin. Joe Linehan is in San Antonio. How are you, Joe? Good, James. How are you doing? I'm doing. It's funny because I ask how you're doing, but we talked for again another 40 minutes before we even got on here. But there you go. I know. I sort of know how you're doing, but I don't. So all that, uh, like all that wonderful content that we don't hit record for. So right. Right. I think people don't. That's not unexpected. Like I just told you that um, you have something else to do. I have something else to do because I got to go take my daughter to go get her driver's permit, which is uh, home. That produces a lot of emotions because, first of all, it's a yet another piece of evidence that I'm getting old. But I'm also ang- uh, you know eager to get her butt out of the house. So these yes, are both kid, uh, good things. Kids, yeah. I don't have kids, but. Kids get, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but kids get cars from their mom and dad, not for the kid, but so the parents don't oh. have to drive them around oh. anymore. And she's supposed to start going back to school first week of October, I think. And, um, and you know, I, like many people, think that I'm, I'm a very, extremely good driver. And uh, But man, oh man, when I drive with her, which we've done illegally, uh, I, I get nervous, man. I get nervous. And for good reason, I think, actually. Because you're control free, probably. So there you go. Uh, maybe probably <laughs> I'll tell you a story off the air <laughs> about why that I, it makes me a little more nervous I don't want to hum- humiliate her in public but anyway a little a, a little incident when we were traveling a little incident so good times um and you don't want to mention what you're doing next do you nope okay <laughs> uh okay uh I think the biggest news of the last week, and man, oh man, I mean, news is slow because there's nothing going on, you know, that's even commensurate with what happened, let's say, one year ago. But maybe the first competition in the state of Texas since the lockdown was in your backyard, right? Yeah, AquaSwift Aquatics, which is a year-round swim team that now has started a water polo program in Bernie, Texas. Basically, it's 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 the next uh, step of the Bernie Sea Bears is now turned into Aqua Swift Aquatics. Um, they had a little game day just amongst their own team, just so, them, yeah. yeah. And actually, I went out there and refereed, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, so there's a million questions questions about this. So, um, like, how did it come about, and then what were the rules that were in play as far as uh, allowing people to have full contact? Um, how do it come about? Um, they are at a sea pool, so the sea pool does give them uh, restrictions, or they give them some basic restrictions for the safety guidelines. But the club did just they they did kind of work it out to where they could have contact, and the, and they've been doing some clinics in June and July, okay. and they started their club here in mid August, and um, and they've been doing a little bit more contact, like. A little bit more contact, and they started scrimmaging. And I was like, "Why don't y'all do a game day?" So they took their kids, they split them up into two even teams, and they put out a schedule and rosters. And uh, was it um at one thirty on Sunday? They had game one at two fifteen on Sunday. They, they had uh, they had game two. I was out there, kind of wearing a mask as a referee. The coaches were were were, were wearing masks. The parents were wearing masks. But the parents did a great job. They had tents. The kids were socially distanced on the benches. So I think everybody did a great job there. And it was great to see kids playing, and they had a great time. Because I think a lot of them were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're playing. So Yeah. So you were wearing a mask as you're blowing a whistle? Um, I did. I tried to do both. It was. It, it's a little awkward to blow a yeah, whistle very. and wear a mask. But, we're just trying um, to figure this out. I tried both ways. And, I mean, anytime that I was talking to kids, I was always kind of wearing a mask. Or yeah. if I was talking to coaches, I was always wearing a mask, you know, you know, within, this, within the six feet. But, you know, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just, you know, it was just – the first step. Well, um, you're, I, I feel like you're minimizing this a little bit. I mean, it is the first step for sure, but this is a big one. Like there hasn't been anything going on in this state for months, for months. And so the fact that we have a refereed scrimmage going on, I know there are other clubs who are doing scrimmages, but I think this is a little more official. Were there clocks and all of that? No, we just had a flip scoreboard. So, I mean, this okay, was essentially fine. scrimmages, you know, within the club. Yeah, but, that's fine. But, but they made it a, a, like a, a little bit more special for the kids with yeah. rosters and, and schedules and stuff like that. So, and uh, was it, I, and I just offered to come out and do it. I mean, I live down the road from them now. So, right. Exactly. Um, it, to me, it serves as something of a prototype. And actually, we're going to get into some other 
possible opportunities coming up here, but it's a prototype for others who may want to do something similar because they're adhering to all of the guidelines that are set by their facility in Bernie. They're adhering to the guidelines that are set by USA Water Polo. Um, and, and they have successfully pulled this off and their parents have bought in and their coaching staff is all good about it. So yeah, I mean, these are so, positive I mean, signs. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the key part is they didn't make, we are going to scrimmage. It's going to be full contact and you know, it's in the, it's in the, um, it's in the hands of the parents if they want to have their kids be part of it or not. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody knew what was going on. Everybody was USA water polo, Richard, and everybody signed their, yeah, their COVID waivers. So, you know, it's, um, you know, everybody knows what's going on. There's nothing that's like, there's no one trying to pull a fast one or something like that. No, it's it's no. all up. It's all up front. And, uh, and I think the kids really enjoyed it. I think the kids really enjoyed it. So I'm sure they did. I have, well, I'll tell you about uh, my practice last night, but, um, you say they signed the COVID waiver. You just mean the back to in the pool or whatever, you know, USA water polo mm-hmm. called it that the waiver that's required in order you for, to resume practice, right? The, the gen, the generic one, I guess. Yes, correct. Like, Not a separate like, one, like the USA Water Polo COVID waiver. Yes, got it right. So, and you know, any member who's practicing at all has had to do that. At least mm-hmm. I know for my club, that's just completely uh, non-optional. Like, of course, do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And 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 as you mentioned, there are other clubs out there that you know are practicing, and I don't think anybody's really playing. I don't think there's contact being allowed at any school district facilities yet. Yeah, fair okay. enough. So. Um, but I do believe that you know there's that there's some private pools and some public pools and there's clubs that are doing are using both. So whenever they're in the school yeah facilities, they're maintaining the like like the distance and non-contact rules. But then whenever they're at the um, like the city pool or a private pool, they are scrimmaging or they are they're they're comfortable enough, but they're but they're forcing kids to sign up. Yes, and they're 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 like we are going to play. So if you do not feel comfortable playing, then do not sign up. Well, so yeah, you know, just to make sure everybody understands kind of what's going on. So I'm not sure whether you are mentioned or you're making reference to this, but Thunder has invited my club to go scrimmage up in Dallas. I can't even remember what pool it is, but they've made arrangements so that uh, it's acceptable for that them to have physical contact. They still adhere to the rules about uh, distancing as much as reasonable. So in between plays and stuff, you're not supposed to be sitting there breathing on anybody, that kind of thing. That's my understanding. So I don't have the full rules yet. All I know is that they invited us up because I think they're getting tired of scrimmaging themselves, which is completely understandable. And I can tell you because I mentioned this, well, I mentioned this in another thing at uh, my practice last night, and my guys in particular are just aching to get back and start, you know, smacking people around. So, um, yeah, this is this is a it's progress. It's progress in a very very odd odd uh, season. Yeah, odd. It's not just an odd season; it's an odd year. Yeah, very. And odd. we're hoping to you know build up and hopefully have like have some competitions here in the Southwest Zone, either in September, October, November, or uh, multiple competitions. Well, yeah, we can sort of break a little bit of news. So a tentative, and I've been encouraged to make sure that it, everybody knows that this is tentative. And it is because we at Aquatex, in association with USA Water Polo, who is represented by some guy named Joe Linehan, uh, may be hosting a tournament in Round Rock and in uh, Cedar Park in uh, October. October 3rd and 4th, I think. I, mean, I, I think that's the weekend that we're shooting for. Again, this is a possibility. We're still working out details. Yeah. So I'm talking to you guys at Aquatex about about uh, kind of using the Mickey pool for the older kids, the 18 and 16 are boys and girls. I'm talking with Zillow and the Milbourne pool about about doing the like, the 14s and 12s. Yeah. And uh, just just really have kind of one tournament with two like with two locations with safety guidelines kind of in place for the athletes, the officials, the table workers, the fans, and um, we're we're still working out details. And we're just right now we're just trying to figure out to, yeah yeah to make sure that the pool's available, and then we have to figure out kind of like you know like you know like the next step is going to be all the all, all the safety guidelines, how many. Um, like, do we need to do 45-minute game slots or do we need to do an hour and 15-minute yeah, game slots to allow changeover. teams to come back and forth? Yep. And then that determines how many teams that we can actually have entered into the tournament. So it's not going to be an invitational. Um, it's, but So any club that feels comfortable playing is going to be able to play. So I just wanted to be able to create something and 
have it out there for people to be able to come play. And we're, again, we're still working on the details right now. So yeah, the, and hopefully the, by next week we, we can say this is actually happening. Yeah, I'm hoping so too. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk again off the air. The the there's one hurdle that has needs to be uh, sort of taken care of for the pool that um, I'm hosting at. And so one if and when that hurdle is uh, is is uh, breached, then we can continue. But yeah, I, I think the. I know that that Sunday is open. I'm not quite sure this Saturday is. So that's what we have to figure out. So that's one of the that's one of the impediments to this happening. Uh, there are more that we need to sort of figure out as well. But it's, I mean, the moment you mentioned it to me the other day, it was like, oh man, my kids are going to go bananas, and they did. They 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 cannot wait. And I, by the way, I told them it was tentative too, just in case you thought that I got them all hyped up. But they are so ready to play, and obviously super excited to be sort of hosting it in central texas in our area so i'm I'm, i'll have more news about that soon too and so will you yeah and i mean again it is i know we've used the word tentative about 20 times now Mm -hmm. but like it's one of those things where we're we want to make sure we do this right we want to make sure it's done in a safe and responsible manner and again teams that feel comfortable entering they are going to enter teams that don't feel comfortable entering are not going to enter and that's okay you know, you there's know, no pressure, and we're going to have divisions for 18 and 16 are boys, 18 and 16 are girls, like kind of kind of one division for for the high school boys and the high school girls, and then a 14 under co-ed and a 12 and under co-ed division. That's our goal as of right it, now. So I want to sort of uh, dovetail that with what's going on with ODP, but really because I sort of want to um, go over the sort of general understanding of most parents about and what i mean is that they go to other sports already they're going to soccer practices they're going to soccer games volleyball that kind of thing and so i think in general parents are pretty accustomed to the kinds of rules that uh, will be put in place for this tentative tournament and for odp and i'll get into that just now but but it just seems like the parents are sort of ready for this like so it's not and you and you even just mentioned it. The Aquaswift parents were apparently, you know, very very good about this. So I don't, I, I feel good about this. Like it's not it's not going to ruffle any feathers. I don't think. <coughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, I mean, it's, as long as we do it in a everything's communicated appropriately up front, and we do it in, in a responsible manner. Um, I believe that we're going to have some uh, monitors, some quote-unquote safety monitors on the yes. pool deck that are going yep. to be encouraging and enforcing the safety guidelines. So this is not going to be just a fly-by-night and here's the rules and then we're not going to follow them. No, we're going to be following them. It's going to be yeah. for two days. And if, and if you want to play, this is what you have to do. Yeah. Everybody's no up front. Not unreasonable at all. Um, and those rules and many, you know, the, the rules haven't been totally set yet, but they are going to be ones that I think most people recognize is that uh, we have approval now for the first ODP camp in Round Rock again at our pool and uh, at Mickey Krebsbach to have full contact scrimmaging. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, people are going to be hanging on each other for the entire time. It's uh, within reason. But those rules are going to be set in place as well so that, you know, people can expect when they show up, they got to get their temperature taken. There's probably going to be another waiver they got to sign from the club. But again, really good news. It's like, the, like I think we're sort of coming around. And I know that people are super excited about this first camp, even though it's um, it's a bit of a compromise. We wanted to go to a bigger pool, but it just wasn't available in central Texas. And so we have a eight lane, 25 yard pool with another warm up area that's available for for the camp and we're splitting it in two. So Saturday, the 26th of September, is that right? 26? Yes. Where's my, the um, girls on the 26th, the boys on correct. the 26th. Correct. Yeah. On at beginning at one o'clock on Saturday and beginning at nine o'clock on Sunday. So, um, and that, by the way, the registration should be open this sometime week. this week soon. Yeah. 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 Anyway, another another bit of good news because those rules are going, you know, those guidelines, I should say, are going to generally apply to whatever goes on through Aquatex for water polo, and uh, and hopefully hopefully proliferates. Like there, we're going to find other programs in North Texas and maybe San Antonio even that are going to do stuff that are similar. That would be great. And uh, and we're going to be talking today. Our interview today is with Brad Piercy in Utah. For everybody that doesn't know, Brad is the one that runs the facility that the, that the ODP West Region Championships were at, and they actually had a league weekend this past weekend. Well, 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 yeah. I guess we'll come back and talk about that. But I mean, uh, did you have anything you wanted to share based on your knowledge of what's going on up there, or you want to just let no. Brad Piercy do the speaking for you? Brad is, yeah. Brad and I are going to have a conversation about that, and. It's going to be like, you know, we can talk about, you know, what's kind of 
what we're planning on doing and kind of kind of kind of what we hope happens. But you know, he's been through it all, all, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna lean on his knowledge kind of a little bit and and kind of hear about um, about about the various good things about the various uh, things that they learned and about how and about how they're gonna keep getting better each and every weekend because this is a league, so it's almost every weekend between now right. and early November. So. And his facility was the host for ODP's West Region Championships last year, where uh, the you know the Southwest Zone attended that. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is from people that would know is that that's going to happen. Like there's just no doubt about it. When it happens is still slightly up in the air, but uh, it, uh, that's my understanding is that that that's going to happen, and that national championships are not under threat either, even yeah. though those might be rescheduled or you know just differently scheduled. You know, and it gets it's got to account for what's going on in the spring. So anyway. We'll come back with uh, Joe's conversation with Brad Piercy from Utah right after this. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Max Irving from the U.S. Men's Senior National Team. And to get all things Texas water polo, I'm listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. Today we have Brad Piercy, who is the Aquatics Director at Kearns Aquatic Fitness Center. Is that right, Brad? Close enough. Okay, okay, okay. I have, I have known Brad for... 20 25 years i don't know way too long brad and brad and brad's a good guy for all for all the people in texas brad is the person that runs the facility that the odp west region championships yeah yeah we're at brad is brad wears a ton of different hats he's been a coach he's been a referee he's been a club director he's been the he's been the zone chair kind of kind of for the mountain zone brad and i first met each other back whenever the southwest zone actually included the mountain zone and Utah yeah. and Arizona and New Mexico and all those things. Brad, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. How are you doing, Joe? Thanks good, for good. Having me. So those so those were the good old days, right? You know, back kind of back whenever we were uh, in our younger days and going to these conventions kind of kind of twice a year and introducing ourselves kind of kind of to each other and going, okay, you're gonna make this Southwest Zone team and you're gonna go play with this coach from Utah or you're gonna go play with this coach from yeah, you got yeah from Texas. It's a it's a much different world now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was for good times though. It, you know, back it was about oh, 2003 when the Mountain Zone s- split. Yep. Uh, uh, so yeah, for a long time we were same zone and working together. I yep. worked with. I was I was on the Southwest Zone board before yep. Mountain, and so I was involved. And your your brother Jimmy. Yeah. Yep. And yep. Uh, yeah, we back then we used to just take. I mean, even, you know, with Texas and Utah so spread out, we we didn't, for zone teams, we didn't try to do, you know, tryouts or anything. We basically, there was a lot of times we just, <laughs> uh, how many, how many, how many guys, how many boys you got? Okay, you have, you pick six, we'll pick six, and we'll give two to uh, Oklahoma or something. <laughs> or, exactly. So it's just, and then we show up and play and meet each other and play. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I mean, I think the split really did wonders because it'll it, it allowed the Southwest Zone to grow. It allowed all the clubs in the Mountain Zone to grow. I mean, at the time, there was a very small number of kids that were playing both in Texas and Utah. Now there's just a lot more kids both in Utah. And you, you've been kind of integral to that growth process there at the high school level, at the club level. Um, so just congratulations there. I mean, you. I mean, you wear a lot of different hats. So just. Kind of, kind of quickly tell us a, a little bit about kind of, kind of your water polo background, and um, and kind of what you do now. Well, uh, I I started coaching uh, in 1989 uh, with the Kearns High and Kearns Water Polo Club, and uh, coached until I uh, coached for 30 years uh, until about what a year and a half ago, two years ago kind of stepped back and, and uh, had a great, great new coach named Seth Hughes from Chicago that, that moved in and, and uh, he coached with me for a year. And then uh, I could tell he was a good guy. And so I 
and a good coach. So he, I stepped back and, but I'm still, and during that time I was also aquatic director. Um, so that w- was always a pretty good situation for a water polo coach to be a, a, a aquatic director. Cause I could, negotiate pool time with myself pretty good well well, there you go and that's always then that's always the hardest thing to get pool time and brad's being a little um you know he's being a a little modest i mean he's been the southwest zone or he's been the mountain zone chair before he's been on the he's been on the mountain zone board before he's he is the technical director for the mountain um odp program uh so i mean and he built up he's pretty much he's the godfather of the utah high school associate he's been there kind of since the beginning and he's been involved with all the growth there so thank you so much for for all you do but the reason we have you on here today is you actually have a fall league that is playing which is incredible you actually played this past weekend so we're going to talk a little bit about that i think people are going to be very kind of kind of interested about kind of how it got set up the and like and like the challenges and about and it basically just kind of kind of how it went so my first question is how did you decide all right we're going to do our fall because they you've been doing the folly there for for 20 years so how did you decide we are going to do the folly so as opposed to kind of canceling it because of covid so well you know back in may um we uh, things were COVID was a lot different. Things were looking good. Things were, you know, the cases were going down uh, in our state, and so, and the, you know, the school league, our high school league, in the spring was canceled, of course. And so we were, but at that point, we were all optimistic that COVID was going to be gone by the fall. So we yeah. sort of kept moving forward. Like, look, hey, we're going to plan for it and um we're being optimistic it wasn't for sure we were doing it or anything and then as it we went through the summer and into june and july and the following the guidelines for the pools um and trying to and still moving forward putting together started working on guidelines covid guidelines to say if if this does happen here's what yeah, yeah. We're gonna do. I guess even bef- less than that. We can. We a lot of people talked. Can we do this if if things are the way they are in June? What could we do? It could it work with what guidelines would we need to put in place? And what would need to happen externally too from the state and county health departments and guidelines and then in, you know, so in, at least in Utah in June, the state went to the yellow phase, we called it. So, and the, t- it, the guidelines from the state were that pools can uh, open and we, for, you know, there's lap swim. At, there was a time in May when lap swim was one per lane, probably like a lot yep. of places. And then it, then it became lap swim as normal the the guidelines that they set out just said lap swim pool use as normal but the concern was more about the on deck safety um making sure that people can social distance on the deck so that was kind of our limiting factor of how many people we could put in a pool was how many people if they were all out of the pool how many would be on the deck and could they be on the deck you know six feet apart so we just kept working through that, following the guidelines, working on, and we tried, so I would say early J- July, we put out guidelines to all the clubs and said, you know, asking for input, we got a lot of input from a lot of the coaches and, and zone leadership and the national office talking about, you know, guidelines and did a lot of research on different organizations, different states and um, I, I think for for us, the, probably the biggest factor that made us be able to just or made the decision to move forward and do it for sure was the, that our well, number one, the pool, the the county guidelines allowed it to happen 
Um, they didn't have anything specifically restricting water polo um, in the in the water. Uh, and then the schools opening, the schools making the decision that they were going to be in-person school uh, schooling, and also in Utah high school sports uh, late July, you know, mid July, the Utah High School Activity Association made the decision that they were going to have. Uh, allow high school yeah. all sports football you know with and, and they had guidelines also so we felt like we could do it you know but I think if, if those things hadn't happened we probably say well we shouldn't do this yeah but, so everything kind of fell into place kind of a little bit right yeah and then, you know a lot of other youth sports were happening around mm -hmm. the state yep. you know basketball lacrosse obviously with restrictions on spectators and all sorts of restrictions, but they were happening. So we felt yeah. like we could, well, let's, let's go for it. I mean, we were still all along. We were, everybody was like, look, we're doing this, we're planning this, but we could get to September 1st and be shut down yeah, or okay. we could decide we can't do yeah. it because we have cases or we have, or the guidelines from, from the health departments change. So, we knew it, and we said it still could in it at any point we could, you know, it's a, but anyway, I mean, that was I mean, kind of the process that we went through with a lot of, a lot of research and talking to a lot of people and. And now you, like now just make sure it, that we should do it. And make it and make sure that you are not at a school district pool. You're at a city pool, correct? Yeah. It's a community. It's a, like, it's a municipality type where we're a, Parks and Rec District, but yeah, yeah, we're similar to a city. And but we, but our league uses four different pools. Uh, most of the games are here at Kearns, and but and some of the other pools that we use are school district pools. How was it going? Did you have any? Were there extra restrictions with the school district pools as opposed to your Parks and District or your Parks and Rec pools? Um, a little bit, just some different ones that that like the school district put out a policy uh, for all for all sports that 25% uh, capacity for spectators. Yeah. So we so don't have to follow that we we were for the games that are here at Kearns we have we've, we've uh, set two spectators per player. Okay. Kind of a guess on okay if yeah. we have 30 kids and number of people so we we and uh, we're trying one two spectators per per player as a guideline for our facility but like i said it yeah you know, I, I mean so i mean it wasn't that much more difficult like here in texas it's just it just seems it's a little bit more difficult to get the school districts to allow us to get in the pool and use the pool and have contact now now there are some there are some city pools and some clubs that are kind of practicing and scrimmaging but they, but they're not like your particular facility where you could host a tournament or league or what have you. It's just like you know, it's a shallow, shallow type pool, and they're just using kind of, kind of whatever water they can find. But um, so now after you decided to have this fall league and you put the information out, did did you get any pushback from the community and coaches or parents or anything like that, or was everybody very kind of welcoming? It's actually very welcoming. We. Uh, uh, we didn't hear very much. I mean, I, I know that there was some, every club has some families that are not playing and they don't, they don't feel comfortable. And yeah, well, yeah, of course. That. But um, for the, for the most part, the vast majority, you know, 99% of the feedback we get was great. I'm glad we're able to play. This is, you know, just excited to have the kids be able to play. And uh, so it was, it was really pretty positive and and then the uh, i i was expecting a much more limited turnout on the teams than normal yeah, yeah. I, and um, we ended up with more teams than last year you just never know until you go do it right um, and, and I, I mean so, I was, so we're kind of scrambling because it's a little harder some of the restrictions we have like here at Kearns with a 50 meter pool, we usually have two games going on at the same time, but we don't feel comfortable with that. Uh, and it's an indoor 
because especially with it being an indoor, it's kind of has some garage doors uh, that get some good airflow compared to a lot of indoor pools, but it's still primarily indoor. So we didn't feel comfortable having two games at the same time, just because that would put too many people in that space that we couldn't. So that's affected scheduling uh, that now we have to spread things out and use a couple other pools and things. But we are also keeping our outdoor dive pool open uh, into October this year that we, we normally close that after Labor Day, but because of COVID and this and water polo and pool? swim teams and diving, being able to be outside has, uh, we're gonna, so now, so we're gonna have games in, in the, the dive pool, 25 yard dive mm -hmm. pool plus, and then one game inside. Is there a so, heater in that outdoor pool? Cause I know it's gonna get a little colder there than it does here, so. Yes, the pool okay. of the water is heated. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, like like here in Texas, a lot of the city pools or, or the pools that are only open during the summer, they don't have a heater. Really? <laughs> so, but um, but now, I mean, you've already mentioned a couple of the safety guidelines. You know, you mentioned there's two spectators per athlete for the teams. Um, you know, you mentioned that you're only doing one course in the 50 meter pool as opposed to two. What are the other safety guidelines that you that yeah? It's, that, that you put in place yeah, regarding masks, you know, the six feet distancing, stuff like that? Uh, so we're doing, I mean, a lot, a lot of signage, a uh, lot of notices to spectators too, you know, the whole symptom thing, like if you don't yep. come in, if you're sick and um, we're, we're doing symptom checks, including temperature checks on all the athletes okay. um, before every game. And we're um, masks are required. Uh, For who? Even you know so, and that's Salt Lake County has, has a mask requirement anyway. So that most people are pretty used to that. But um, so masks kind of, required for the spectators. For spectators, uh, and 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 everybody, like and the and the athletes and the. Uh, before they before and after their games so they don't have to wear a mask during the game type of thing <laughs> no like 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 on the bench they don't have to wear a mask no uh that was a that was something we gave a lot of thought to and it, but obviously there's some health concerns with with somebody wearing a mask right. when they're and exercising and so if they just come out of the game and they're breathing hard in some ways that's good a good reason to wear a mask but it it also makes it you know, for them to catch their breath, it's going to be harder and then possibly wet, wet mask. So, it, so it's, it's optional on, on the bench and the, the, but the coaches are, are expected to wear a, a mask unless they are actively coaching like six feet. Like, let's say there are teams on offense, they can, they don't have to wear a mask when they're, but when they're in their group huddle, or they're on, on the bench or the ref comes up or they're up close with a ref, they should pull their mask up. Yeah. Uh, the refs, the refs have kind of gone back and forth on masks and some were wanting to there. Some are, I guess, they've purchased some masks that are made for whistles to fit a whistle. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're experimenting with that so that they can wear a mask, uh, but it, that's that's optional optional yeah. for them. I actually refereed a scrimmage this past weekend, and I tried to do the whistle with the mask, and the whistle, and that was not going to work very well. I actually did. I yeah. just had, I, I just pulled my mask down and blew the whistle. Then if I went and talked to anybody, I just pulled the mask up. So. Yeah, they found some. The refs found some masks that are uh, similar to the NBA, I think, officials, and they're kind of designed in a way to. Uh, be able to use a whistle. Hey, you know, somebody's, yeah, just somebody's going to make a buck off of it. So if they can, they're, they're going to come up with something. Time for a short break, then more with our guest. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warflow programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warflow, I always listen to TX Warflow podcast. Now you had games this weekend. 
you actually had games. So it's all nice and good in, in theory until you get to the games. So how'd it go with the games? No COVID cases yet. Okay, well, we don't know that yet. We have to wait no. two weeks, but, but like, you know, but no, I mean, went, I'm just, it, I'm just saying yeah, like, you know. No, it, went, it went well, I, I was, everybody did a great job. Um, everybody was pretty supportive. We really pushed hard to make sure everybody realizes that the success of this, to, to keep going, a lot of it's going to depend on how well everybody takes, how serious everybody takes it, you know. And we do have some teams from outside of Salt Lake County where things are different and they're not used to, their masks aren't as uh, mandated as, but, and so we had to remind a few people to put on a mask, but look, you know, we didn't have any arguments or anything. I mean, this is, I mean, this is basically, here are the rules. If, If you want to enter, enter. If you don't want to enter and you don't want to follow the rules, then don't enter essentially correct yeah yeah i mean we just felt like we need to make this even if it's not we just need to make it like not optional uh for the spectators especially and for the kids and other but but it it also it so in the water that things went great that it looked like water polo it wasn't we weren't you know that was they were playing hard and uh but few other areas that definitely look different some of the other safety guidelines we did for games was we were not we didn't switch sides at the half um so we felt like we don't need to have that oh, yeah. crossing contamination oh, um possible we, yeah so. uh, we we told the teams no no high fives uh during or after the game no shaking hands after the game, give a cheer to the other team, wave at them, whatever, but we're not going to yeah. go through it. I mean, I, you just kind of, you're it, just kind of, kind of limiting exposure to everybody. Trying to, trying to think about every little part of a normal game and, and then look at it in terms of COVID. And is that say, you know, is that safe? Can we, should we do that? Should we modify that? We also, we kind of restricted, we tried to keep the spectators in one, with their team in one spot so that they're not, I mean, they don't like to sit with people from the other team anyway, but yeah. at least that way. And they're still distancing in the stands based on, you know, within their household. And, so, and they did a good job of being spread out in, in group, little household groups and stuff. Uh, we do. Normally with this league, we, we, we provide like warm-up balls and, and we have a league set of caps so that teams don't have to bring their own warm-up balls or their own caps. We didn't do that this year because of, you know, And did anybody complain about that? No, no, everybody was, yeah, everybody was fine with that. Well, it is the first weekend, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this league normally started like the weekend after Labor Day and goes to like, you know, kind of kind of late October, early November. You've, you've had to extend it a little bit this year, right? Because yeah. you can't just do a normal 45-minute game slot or something like that. You might, if it was 45 minutes once, now it, it might need to be an hour or an hour and 15 to allow teams to come kind of in and out. Tell us a little, uh, uh, like, just a little bit about that. Just finding game slots. Yeah, and that uh... – we had to spread out the games for sure because uh, normally we would have, like you say, separate. We'd put games like on, you know, 45, 50 minutes, but we, we put them on the hour to give time. I'm just doing five-minute quarters, so it gives time to, for the most part, to get that team out, get spectators out, the new ones come in. and. Uh, like I said, there's different venues, you know, at, at Kearns, we, because and it's still nice weather, we can open up the garage doors and even some of the games are outside. So it's a little bit less of a concern, you know, but the games like at Olympus high school, that's a, a 25 yard eight lane pool there, you know, 
they're clearing out the spectators and the game, making people wait outside. Yeah. They have they have an entrance and an exit, oh, yeah. so that you know the flow of traffic. Uh, so based on their pool there in that venue, they have a little bit different than what we have at Kearns, uh-huh. at least for now. We, we'll, when we get to colder weather and we have to close up the doors, and then we'll have yeah, to look at a little yeah. bit more of that. These are all it's, these are all the little things that people don't think harder. about. Yeah, these are all the little things that people don't think about. You know, like like why can't we have water polo? There's yeah, there's yeah, there's soccer, baseball, and all this stuff. Going. Well, you know, you gotta gotta plan this out. These are all the little things that people sometimes don't think about, and it, and it, and it can be a, a logistical challenge. And it's just a simple fact of, well, you know, we can't do it on forty five minute time frame. So now we have to go like you get to an hour. And now instead of having, uh, you know, 16 games in a day, we can only have 10 games. And then, so instead of doing a, uh, you know, like, you know, five or six weekends of a league, now we have to go 10 weekends just to get the game slots in. Cause, because you said earlier that this is, you had the most teams ever, right? Yeah, we're up. Last year we had 15, 59 teams in 10 divisions. And this year we have 65 teams in, in 10 divisions. So. Yeah, we're surprised with 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 the growth. More teams. I think part of it was that the season got cut short last spring. So, and we also decided because of our high school season getting cut short, we were allowing the high school graduates to play this fall, where we normally would say no, it's twelfth grade and under. But we're allowing some of those kids to play, um, partly for so that they can have they didn't get their senior season um yeah. part of it too is jo's uh thinking about yeah. if that happens you know and having teams having those kids be able to if they're going to go to jo's they you know they could go to jo's normally if they even though they graduated and even right. if they turned 19 before august 1st they could have got so and they that's still the plan i think for jo's that they could go to jo's even though they turned 19. So we wanted to involve those kids in, in the fall league that we normally don't. So, but yeah, but overall has the reception, I mean, I know you have a ton of teams, but from the coaches, as far as the guidelines, the play, I just assume everybody's just really happy to be back in the water and just like smiles everywhere for right now. Correct. Yeah, no, for sure. It was great that the kid, that everybody for, all I heard was people saying, thank you for putting this together. Thank, thank you. for you know, I'm glad we're kids are able to do this. I think, I mean, obviously there's safety concerns and we, we want to make sure everybody's safe, but there's also, you know, mental health issues and exercise issues and that are, that are important to people that they want their kids to be able to, to play. The coaches are, are ecstatic, ecstatic. I'd say that some of the referees are a little more concerned um, about COVID and, and whether or not we, you know, but uh, so we probably few, uh, some of the refs aren't refing because of COVID concerns and if they That's have okay. high risk That's families okay. and stuff. But, but uh, yeah, the vast, huge majority are just really excited to be playing and, and able, you know, we just keep trying to stress, you know, to, to keep it going. We need to be, take it serious and we need to, and I, I think people realize that because we're one of the few, if, if, if the only USA water pole sanction thing going on right now, we're under the microscope too. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that, you know, we're doing everything we can so that, we don't, you know, we can show that it can be done to the rest of the country and, and also uh, that it wasn't a mistake to, to try to do it. So, I mean, I, I wish you nothing but the best. And as we, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm going to be trying to do a event here in Texas on October 3rd and 4th. Any suggestions for people like myself that are going to be trying to do a, a, like, like events or leagues or what have you, any like, you know, 
yeah, just a any thoughts um, and such kind of moving forward? Yeah, yeah, for us before we sign on the dotted line and move forward? Uh, I think it's just, it's important to get the, whatever, you know, your guidelines are going to be to get those out soon or early so that people can use that to decide, you know, both player the clubs, the families can know what, you know, okay, we're doing this and here, here are the steps we're going to take. And if they feel comfortable, then they can make that decision if they feel comfortable with it or not. And, and, uh, move forward. Uh, there is a waiver. If it's USA water polo, USA water polo has a return to play yep. waiver on, yep. through the, so they can't be on a, on a roster unless they've signed that. And, you know, there was, so for the coaches putting the rosters together, that yeah, they have to go make sure you're doing that the day before. And then you find out that, they have to log into their account and click the box saying they've read it before they can be on the roster. So start your roster, building your roster. It's just so right there with the age verification stuff. Early. It's right there with, you know, are you a bronze member, silver medal, gold member? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just I mean, that's, yeah. So that's my goal is to get everybody is get the word out there as soon as we can. And, we're going to have our own social distancing guidelines. And I mean, you have a great template for people and I appreciate the time, Brad. Yeah, no problem. And I think it also depends on the venue, you know, each pool and facility, but whether it's indoor or outdoor, I think, and you have to look at that. That'll fit, can make a difference on your guidelines and how, right. what those guidelines are for. Um, and I think just stressing and, and the hard part I think is, most kids aren't worried about COVID. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> um, and regardless of, you know, what they're, you know, politically they, they think about the whole thing. Kids in general aren't, aren't taking it. You have to be on them. It, for us, we've just tried to say, look, it's, it's not as much about whether you think you're going to get this or die from it. It's it's also about, I mean, and, or and even spreading it to family members. It, it's also about the fact of being able to continue to play, or if because if somebody we get a case and they were in contact, they may have to quarantine for two weeks and then they can't practice or play for for two weeks. And or if if it spreads too much and there's too many teams that can't play because they've got kids in quarantine then obviously that's going to affect being able to play so no yeah i mean yeah i, I mean, think that probably more more so for the kids is is the um is a mo better motivator than just yeah. you know not it's, we don't want you to get COVID. it's it's just about getting the kids understanding that they need to be responsible it's not just at the water pulter it's also at school it's going to be at the grocery store. It's going to be at the, it's at the movie theaters that are opening now. So it's just, everybody just needs to be responsible. And that's just, you know, like, you know, a, a 12, 13 year old kid doesn't think about that right now, but you know, that's, and that's, and that's something that, you know, the coaches, parents are going to have to be, you know, just hammer into the kids. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, it's, no, it's great. And I mean, and we're in coaches, you know, co most coaches that there's, there's a lot to think about as a coach anyway. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, there's uh, you know your rosters, your tactics, you communicating with kids, well, you know all that kind of stuff, and then to add COVID to it, oh, it's yeah. definitely hard for the coaches too. To you know they, they're just so locked into water polo that which they you know they should be, but they have to keep realizing that they need to watch for. The kids behavior are they are they congregating on the deck are they wearing their masks are they spreading spreading out if they can all that kind of stuff it, so it's it's the coaches have to and we, we have to yeah the coaches yeah the coaches yeah the coaches yeah just can't kind of head over to hospitality or go over and talk to the coach that they haven't seen for a while they actually need to uh to kind of make sure and that's and that's an important part of this because you know 
it only takes a little handful of cases that are going to shut down the league or uh, shut down a tournament or something like that. So, and I'm sure that it takes everybody to be on board and being uh, like, in, yeah, and being responsible. But you know, I mean, and we're going to have a whole nother set of rules in January when we hopefully come back to Utah, the Texas teams and the ODP teams come back there for the ODP West Region Championships. That was that, yeah, and that was a great tournament this past January. Um, I appreciate all the hard work that that yeah that you've done, um, and um, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thanks, Brad. Oh, thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. That was Joe's conversation with Brad Piercy from Utah, from Kearns, uh, Kearns the club, and then also a uh, big shot with the uh, the zone. He's an ODP. I, I think you know his job is technical director in some way of that ODP. And in fact, I copied him. Like that's what I'm doing for the Southwest Zone, even though it's like an extremely unofficial title. It's like it's like when military dictators give themselves medals that they don't deserve. I've completely I've changed my title to technical director, even though there's no such thing. So I'm jealous. Like that that's the job he has, and so I, I've taken it over. Anyway, so that we're was, talking uh, about playing. We're talking about opportunities for athletes, kids. Yeah. But but we got to make it about James Smith right now. Yeah. No, I'm, I need, I have my own badges, like technical director. That makes a huge difference. Actually, what it is is, well, we'll talk about it another time, but. Uh, I genuinely do want other younger coaches to take part, and that's what happened. We've hired a couple of other people, and that's good. And, you know, me coaching on the deck, it's good. But uh, the thing that I think might be my strength is uh, organizing and communicating and all that stuff. So it frees me up to do more of that stuff, and that was done with ODP's blessing. So anyway, uh, that's more about me than it is about Brad Piercy, but you can go back and listen to that interview just a, co- a couple minutes ago. But other than that, I think we're done, right? Yep. Yeah. Everybody have a good Labor Day weekend. Very much so. Um, You uh, have fun doing what you're going to do next. And uh, thank you very much for your time, as always. Everyone take care. All right. Thanks again to Brad Piercy for taking the time to talk with us. Thanks to you for listening, for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. And special thanks, uh, as always, to our donors. I said last week I was going to change that script, and I didn't. They're not donors. They're givers or gifters. So anyway, thank you to them because they've been fantastic. The, it's it's stunning how much people, how generous people are about that. But anyway, if you want to contribute, you can go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. And that's it. Until next week, so long from Austin. Way to get out again. Counting the time. Thinking of mine. Anything to get out again. Waiting in production of TWP Sports LLC.